0: Do you go by Smith Tally or do you go by Smith?
1: Uh, you know what? It's kind of, it's like a personal albatross of mine. I actually kick myself for hyphenating because everywhere I go, it's like, am I here as Lyndon Smith? Am I here as Lyndon Smith Tally?" I'm like, here's my ID. It's Smith Tally. It's probably under Smith. It's like whatever comes out. <laughs> it's kind of appropriate being an actress that you
0: don't know your name.
1: It, even more than that. So I was born Jennifer well, Lyndon Smith. Say, right. So you have a different name, I have name, so actually. many versions of my name that when I met Steve's family, my husband, um, they didn't know what to call me. So they call me <laughs> Jennifer. Jenlin now, because they didn't know if they were supposed to call me Jen I'm sorry, or Linda. <laughs> so they actually just call me Jenlin. They sign all of the like cards like that. Everything is just, they didn't know what to call me. I just me. start crying. Like to to this date, if I get like a, a birthday check or a Christmas check, like the name is always wrong. No. My own mom has sent me a check with the wrong name on it. That's how confusing <gasps> the name
0: situation is. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Were you confused as a child? About my identity? <laughs> About a lot of things. <laughs> I mean, I would have been totally confused. I know.
1: Being a kid is hard enough. And I'm like... I literally don't know myself how old were you when Lyndon came along you know what it was actually when i i moved to la um oh you became
0: marilyn monroe
1: no yeah i did that (laughs) thing i was like i'm compartmentalizing my past and fucking putting that away i'm changing my name
0: i'm I'm changing my identity i can be whoever
1: you want me exactly the world is my oyster yes Um, no I got here and I went to like the SAG office because I was going to like you know become a SAG member and um, you might not know this but uh, you have to give three names when you join SAG you know you give like your choice name and then you give alternates in case your name is taken I never knew that you didn't know that well you have like a pretty interesting name so you might not have had to I walked in and I was like hi I am Jennifer
0: Smith and they were like give us some alternates lady do you know what's so funny that's what they said I heard an interview with Emma Stone and she said that that's how she came up with the name Emma because her real name is Emily I believe or something else Mm -hmm. and Emma wasn't even a nickname but she went into SAG and they she couldn't use her name so they said we recommend you making another name. Isn't that so nuts? Yeah. They're like, change your name.
1: Yeah. Like, like 21 years old, like in an office, like in the lobby. And I'm like, I have to decide this right now. Like it's I would a lot put, of pressure. It's a lot of pressure <laughs> to choose your name in like a nondescript office building when you're 21.
0: <laughs> that office building is so strange too. It really but is. But I do remember if it's the one correct that you went to, mm-hmm. which I did, it was on Wilshire. Yes. And it was above the Cheesecake Factory. Oh, uh, 100 Which was always just so exciting for me. <laughs> That brown bread gets oh me God. every time. I love it. That's like the Florida in me. Like, give me every chain. Give oh me a Cheesecake Factory. You know, my best friend Xander and I, this is totally off topic of my show, but um, Xander and here I... are to talk about yeah. the Cheesecake factory. No, we're, we're here to talk about this. Xander and I always wanted to come up with a coffee table book of all the best breads oh, um, yeah. in Los Angeles yes. and do a whole series of all different places. Um, and it always went back to Red Lobster.
1: Because it's it's the
0: goat. I mean, is there anything better? Biscuits
1: it's it's, it's life you know you
0: can buy it now at Ralph's and you can, Costco You can it's not you you know as what? good but it's, I make them a no, lot no
1: because it's about the experience it's being I in that weirdly decorated place eating those cheddar babies. but
0: what's strange is I don't eat meat or fish so I go there and I order uh, buttered spaghetti <laughs> of course I've seen you order that at multiple restaurants actually <laughs> <It's all I laughs> you eat
1: like an 8 year old
0: <laughs> I eat like a child it I, feel like, I feel like that's my identity crisis is I never Grew up, mm-hmm. um, so I can still you know eat like a child. Yeah, pretend I'm a child. Sure, uh, yeah. That's I still look like a child. So maybe that is the result of it. Yeah, because the buttered. But spaghetti. if that's how it's gonna manifest itself, like that's a pretty pretty good way. I, I feel think. like kind of a shitty person though when people <laughs> ask me, you know, oh my gosh, you're so skinny. Do you work out? What's <gasps> oh, your diet? Yes. Uh huh. And I'm that person that's like, well, I eat. Pizza, yep. fries, and plain pasta with butter. Yeah. And I don't like working out. I
1: know. You um, suck.
0: I suck, <laughs> you suck. But I will say, if we're going to do a strange transition into the show, uh-huh. I started working out recently a lot because I was feeling very stressed and I had anxiety and I didn't know what else to do. Yeah. And the meditation wasn't working anymore and mm-hmm. all these things weren't working. Yep. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to try working out. Totally. And it's made me a happy person. That's why I like first
1: got into like obsessing about physical wellness is because I needed to channel all of the issues I was having into something. And so I channeled it into fitness. And I mean, it also like probably didn't help that I was kind of like bullied as a kid for being a little bit overweight and chubby. But I realized like I am so manic and type A that if I can find a way to channel this into something which is actually going to benefit me, like that's the best way to deal with right. these issues. So for me, like that's exactly how I found Well, and we took a Pilates
0: illness. class together, yes, and I did. thought I was going to die. <laughs> and I like... <laughs> and the best is, do you remember we were being filmed? Yes. And um, Nia, um, mm-hmm. one of the other girls from a movie we did, you two were very skilled at this, and the photographer, I remember she tapped me on the shoulder, and she said, can you scoot a little bit to the left oh, so no. she could get me out of range? Oh, no. Because I was... So so embarrassing. <laughs> so I'm slowly trying to get the uh, the arms and the strength back. Mm-hmm. So um, maybe one day I'll do a class with you again. We should totally do another class. But together. you guys, I mean, uh, I'll just let everyone know we met mm-hmm. because we did a movie together called Stepsisters, yep. which was on Netflix. Mm-hmm. And To Toot Our Own Horn was the number one comedy for a moment, um, for a quite long time, on Netflix. Yep. And it was the movie that was kind of like, what was it, Thomas the Train, the little engine that could? (laughs) It really, really was. It was just all over the place. And Mm -hmm. the movie was supposed to, you know, come on in theaters. And they compared it to the next pitch perfect, but for dancing. And it was a very intense, stressful environment for it all was. of us.
1: Because I think we all thought like, oh, this is going to help make things easier. It's right. going to feel like the next step. Like I remember that deadline article ran when we all got
0: the, the roles and um, I was like, oh my gosh, like my life is going to change. Right? <laughs> right? No, honestly. And yeah. that is what the agents, and manager said. And they said, oh, we're going to pitch you. Pilot season was coming up yep. right after that. And they go, oh, this is going to be huge and it's gonna, you're going to be a hot commodity. Well, two years later yeah. we still weren't that hot nope. but we were a commodity <laughs> <laughs> that's for sure it's true uh didn't know how far it was going to go but uh, the best thing about that is that i know it sounds super cheesy but mm. we all bonded it's true we had a great time yep and i think that we all learned so much about each other we
1: did and you know it was it's a risky thing to bring in that many
0: females
1: and put them Wolf, in a confined space for so long and you know, we all had to be so different um, because we're all playing like these really, you know, like everybody is a, a type in this right. movie. So it's like, yeah, naturally, all of these girls are going to be from different walks of life right. and we're all going to have naturally, different... naturally,
0: I was cast as the stripper. Of so course you <laughs> were. I mean, that
1: tracks. <laughs> <laughs> so I think just like something cool about that movie is like, wow, we definitely had rough days. Um, overall, like least, I think we all probably emerged better people because we had some new perspectives Mm -hmm. and also to tie it back to the show, there was a lot of talk about mental health, um, amidst our group. And, um, it was cool to be in a group of women who were like, so down talking about this thing. And so I think we all kind of like Decided to hold on to each other for that because I don't know about you, but that was a very different experience for me to have these types of conversations so different. when, you know, you're going to work, like you're punching a clock and you're like, and now I'm here expressing my real feelings mm-hmm. to these
0: girls. And we're basically at summer camp together. Right. It, no, it it totally felt like a summer camp because I was one of the first ones hired mm-hmm. and they had shipped me off to Atlanta yep. two days later. And they said, show up to this dance studio um, we're going to teach you some dance moves. Yeah. And uh, I used to be a dancer, so I was very pumped. I go, I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to kick ass. I'm going to look awesome. And then I show up, and Akamon and Binky, our choreographers, showed me something completely different. Right. And I was like, uh, I think I'm going to give up now, and I'm going to walk away. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I was I like, know. this is too far. And slowly but surely, over the um, next week or so, right. different people were cast, different people were hired, and you were actually the last, the one, last one
1: cast. Yeah, Plan um, Z.
0: <laughs> plan Z. Oh, God, wasn't it a good Plan, plan Z? Z. It's like oh, the name of my God. memoir, followed by oh, "When the Offer Falls Through." No. That's gonna be the follow-up book. <laughs> Always pinned. Always, Always pinned. pinned. Never booked. <laughs> um, no, I, I, I just that was the hardest thing. I feel like was you coming in. Last minute. Yeah, because you guys had already kind of started to we started dance to bond together and build a group and then and they you know. had forced us to go and take pictures together in everyday life because they needed background photos for all of us. So oh, in the house. Yeah. So they yeah, said, yeah. Oh, why don't you go and eat? You guys can bond and get to know each other. So it was Nia, Eden, and Gage mm-hmm. and myself. Um and then you came along, and it was really cute because you knew Eden, right. Eden Share, which, which made comfortable, it more like, comfortable to walk in knowing, like, okay, I'm going to have... Like, there's someone in my dugout already. Right. And we did an intense workout training yeah, for three weeks was, before the movie? Yeah, maybe even a I only
1: longer. did two weeks. You guys
0: were in it for three weeks right. because I was so late to the game. Yeah, I, but it was, it was boot camp. And, it was, like, oh six to eight God. hours a day of... Yes, and we started at, like, 8 a.m., which doesn't sound that crazy, but when you are... In Atlanta, in a foreign area, yeah. and the time change and everything that was going on—it mm-hmm. was so intense. Totally. And sidebar, they never asked any of us like, "Could you dance?" Even in these auditions, that was very funny.
1: I to this that day, the I don't.
0: I thought that even was the come funniest. Up. Didn't or even when come they up. would come up to us and go, "Um, you don't have dance experience," I thought. That you do, uh, hmm. no, I wasn't in a sorority doing step dancing. No. And let's say that that was even harder totally. because we had so many people who were huge step dancers right. that were like... Fuck these girls. We don't want them doing it. They're yeah. taking this away from us. So we had to deal with a lot of challenges. Yeah, it was like kind of a Sisyphusian task like yes. from the beginning. To what a know- good word. Thanks. I wow, someone went to
1: college. I words before
0: I came to your, <laughs> your podcast. <laughs> but it was super hard. And-, yeah. and there was a lot of pressure on us from every different side. Um thank god we had Josh right Josh I mean, Reinold was our producer on the show and if it wasn't yeah. for him this this movie never would have been made I got to be completely I don't honest. know
1: how he kept us all so grounded he kept so the train sane.
0: on the tracks like so sane and oof, and, and we were so drained I feel like from all the days of working out yeah. and doing the dancing and doing the step dance and getting to know each other and being and vulnerable seeing, to do that, totally to learn being that together. Yeah. And it was so frustrating. We dealt with so many issues mm-hmm. and, um, all of the mental issues came out Totally, and everyone had their own issue Yep. and we kind of had to lock arms and deal with it because I've never been on a set where there were so many tears. Right. I had never been on a set where there were so many laughs. Yeah. Um, I had never been on a set where then all of a sudden all of us had the uh, same time of the month going on. Oh, my gosh. And oh, my <laughs> Including God. our first AD. Yes. Yes. Uh, ben- yes. Benita. Benita. Had it with us. Oh, my gosh. And it was just a lot of hormones. It, it was. was a lot of energy going on. And... um it's so funny because I'm going to have Eden on the show. Yeah. But Eden and I both discovered, I think it was day one or two of meeting each other, that mm-hmm. we were both bipolar. Right. Um, but she and I bonded about that and we're laughing about our medicine and all of this stuff. Yeah. And really where there were moments um, where I felt so frustrated on set because... I, I mean, I know you remember this, but for people not knowing this, we had worked for six weeks straight doing choreography. Right. I went to a doctor's office because my ankle was sprained. And in that moment, the producers decided to cut me out of the main dance thing. Yes. Do you remember that? I do. And no one told me, except for you girls, had texted me and go, um, just a heads up, this is what's happening when you come back. And I came back in the room, and I was so devastated because I took it personally. Right, of course. I thought... Is it because I'm bipolar and maybe my attitude isn't positive enough? Am I too stressed? Am I nitpicking too much? And I got to be honest, I was pretty chill on that show, seeing the fact that they dyed my hair green. (laughs) Yes. Okay. Multiple times. And then basically gave you a buzz cut. And then they gave me a buzz cut because they were cutting the extensions and didn't realize that they were cutting my actual hair. Yeah. And I seem to be pretty chill about it. You held it together really impressively. Listen, it was one of my finest moments, <laughs> I have to say. That was definitely one of my finest moments. But there there were so many ups and downs where individually, I feel like you and I bonded on certain things. Mm-hmm. Eden and I bonded. You know, uh, Nia, all of us bonded in our own ways. But there were so many struggles and almost ego checks that we had to go through. Absolutely, Because it was us sharing a set. Yep. And I, I know for you as well for me, sometimes you're the only girl on set or sometimes you're one of two girls. Right. And it feels nice to be a girl on set because you're treated like a princess. You are. And so it's very hard when you had a specific issue, you wanted to be respectful of the time and the movie and, right. and everything going on, but also respectful of your friends. Yeah. And that everyone had their right time with the director and everyone got to bond and you didn't want to be over dramatic because that was the last thing that we Right, wanted.
1: Yeah, your issues cannot overtake the space because you've got a lot of personalities in there. And again, like you just also you have to be respectful we have to make our day and like you know you can honor if you're having certain emotions but like you can't let the emotions derail the day because it's not fair to derail the gaffers evening if you are having an episode you know right. what I mean like right. you have to like you have to check yourself right
0: but I mean there were so many um really upsetting dark moments yeah I feel like we're all of us kind of are ready to walk off and God forbid we ever did that, we would never work again. So we never did <laughs> it's that. True. But we're gonna take were one moments. step out of the trailer, and we're like, hold on, I'm a nobody. Gonna go like, back mm, in. Let's just, let's <laughs> just pull this back right now. But there were definitely moments. Um, where I contemplated even if my work was good because I was so in my head and I was so focused and I was frustrated and I wanted to scream and yell and I remember coming home and calling my boyfriend and just venting to him. And he's like, you have to take it into perspective. You're so blessed. You are doing a movie that is so out of your range to be doing and so different. Yeah, You're with these amazing group of girls and we have continued this friendship because of it. Mm -hmm. And we had to be very... Very open and honest about who we were.
1: We did. We had to communicate it really early on. I think that's probably why we were so successful in the end. And we all didn't leave hating each other is because we kind of came to this agreement that like, this is a lot of personality. Mm -hmm. It's a lot for one, like we're in, it's like a pressure cooker situation. And the way through that is to communicate. So I think that's probably why we were so successful is we just talked about everything. We were like a
0: crock pot from this is us. Yeah, we 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 were fire. (laughs) I don't watch the show. I just I do. That, that, that was a big scandal on a season finale. You know, that's it. that's the scandal. Oof. Oh my god, it was edgy so television. scandalous. No, but um, and I and I want to get into the fact that we learned a lot about our past, right? And how our past really... And it would slowly come out in different sections of how it's kind of made us who we were. Totally. You know, and, and the frustrations behind it and the similarities that we had. Mm-hmm. And for me, I think the most frustrating part that I had on this show, or excuse me, this movie, was I had grown up being a dancer before I was an actor. Yes. So to come on to... And, and that is... I've talked about it before, but that was where my perfectionist came out when I was a kid, and that was one of the first signs of being bipolar because I would have these explosive episodes. Sure, And I would not want to cross the threshold of my home because I was so nervous that if I didn't do it perfect that I would die. Wow. Yeah, and this all started from 5 to 7, so it was very traumatic for a child. Mm -hmm. And I had that feeling of when I was a child of that, fear of if I didn't perform this the best that I could, that I would die. And that was the first time that that had manifested. I don't even think we've talked about this. I don't think yeah, so. yeah. That was the first time that that feeling that I had had manifested itself. And I couldn't pinpoint what the feeling was. Yeah, I couldn't pinpoint why I was so miserable, why I was so depressed, why I was just crying nonstop and I would just sit in the shower and just not even know what to do. Yeah, And then you know, a couple months later, I was able to go, oh, wow, that is why that emotion came out. Sure, because sure. Because of the dancing. Yeah. And because I, and, and the biggest episode that I can pinpoint that I had in the moment was when we were shooting the finale scene. Right. It was our big dance break. It was, gosh, like, Five minutes of dancing straight, yeah. maybe yeah. even longer. It was a lot. And what people don't know is there was the whole auditorium was completely filled. Right. And we only had about two to three times to do the shot and do it perfectly the whole run through. And these are professional dancers watching us. These professional, are professional dancers steps. watching us, and we had professional dancers backing us up. Yes. So we had to look as good as them because when we had the crane shots from behind, you don't know who's real and who's not. <laughs> yeah. And that fear of, the dancing, because I was a competition dancer, mm-hmm. that feel, that rush before we went, it was that high, high. And when we got home that night, I crashed so hard. My Seriously. serotonin went down so low that I, I I literally could not imagine that any of it went okay because I don't remember any of it.
1: No way. Yeah,
0: I just remember the the rush and the high of the fear. And if I get through this... I'm not going to die. Uh-huh. And then coming home and being like, well, that was the worst fucking thing I could have ever done.
1: That's crazy. Yeah. You know what's so funny is you said that when you were a kid, like, you first started to, like, tr- like realize, like, okay, I might have this mental health issue because of, like, it was the fear, right? Mm-hmm. It was such the opposite for me. I, really? It was... My therapist, when I was a kid, famously said that I have an invincibility complex. I. Why did I not have this
0: therapist?
1: I mean, it's probably a good (laughs) thing you did it, actually, since we're coming at this from different ways. Yeah, but no, I wouldn't just cross the threshold. I would leap off it, and I did everything. I was so, I could not sit still when I was growing up. Like, if I was stagnant... That's when I died inside. I did mm. every extracurricular. I played every single sport. I must have had 40 hours a week of extracurricular. And then when I got a little bit older, I was like, I don't have the thrill anymore. Like, mm. where else can I find thrill? And so for me, I was just a thrill seeker. I was like, well, uh, I'll let's break the law. Let's do drugs. Like, let's hook up with these bad people. Like, it started wow. to manifest that way because I would get so bored. Like, I'd already done everything in my small town. I'd already done all of this. So- I didn't have any of the fear. I didn't have any type of healthy amount of fear, mm-hmm. and that is when I realized. Uh, well, I didn't realize it. The people around me realized <laughs> that. Like maybe, like you, you should have some sort of fear. Like mm-hmm. you should want some sort of structure or boundary in your life. And that is actually how I came to the realization that
0: I had mental health issues. And then it's interesting you were use the word boundary because I think that that's such a um, A wonderful world. Excuse me. A wonderful word to use Mm -hmm. because it's not negative. No, it's not. It's very positive.
1: Yeah, yeah. And if and if it is negative to you, then you know, you address something else. Like boundaries are actually a a really lovely thing to Mm -hmm. have. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, putting boundaries like on yourself in a good way, like recognizing, okay. I can't trust my emotions right now. Mm -hmm. Like, I I need to create some boundaries. And if I feel like I'm going out of this lane, like, get myself in check. Like, a boundary, if you um, have, like, depression like I did or, you know, anxiety or bipolar, I would imagine, like, being able to have control over those emotions and creating boundaries is actually, like, how you stay in a Mm -hmm. good place. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. How old were you when you... had accomplished everything and the thrill kept going that you realized, hmm, I need to stop. Or you said other people noticed it for you. How Mm -hmm. old were you when that happened? Well,
1: my parents definitely noticed it when I was like younger. They noticed it. And um, I my parents were always awesome about like talking about it. They got me help. You know, I saw a therapist. I went on medication, um, and I responded really well to the medication Mm -hmm. um, to where I felt like my brain was starting to fire, like, on its right cylinders. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, But it didn't really help with the impulsiveness so much. Um, And if anything, I was just, like, I just wanted to test all these limits. Um, It was the invincibility complex thing. But, you know, honestly, I think... I didn't actually have, like, an episode... Or a moment where I was like, I need to check myself. I mean, if I look back, like, you know, when your parents have to pick you up, like, from jail, and you're like seventeen, like, maybe that's when you should recognize. You're the
0: dream woman. (laughs) You're the dream. You're a good time Sally. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. No. You know what it was?
1: I got to college, and now all of a sudden, like, I'm not living under my parents' roof, and Mm -hmm. like the world is your fucking oyster. Right. Um, you didn't feel like you were in the bubble of control. I didn't feel like I was in the bubble of control, which I think when I look back, like that was part of the reason why I would just go to extremes. Like I lived in emotional extremes at all times. Um, cause I felt like kind of constricted. I got to college and things definitely like, you know, as you would imagine, um, you know, got a little bit more wild, but I remember I met a guy. It was like the guy, like the first guy I fell in love mm-hmm. with. And, um, he just didn't do those things and he just seemed to have a, he had a really, really good head on his shoulders and he understood where I came from and never shamed or judged. He just didn't really like do that shit. And um, you know what I mean? And so I was just like, I didn't really make like an active choice, like, Hey, level up. It just, I kind of fell out of it. And I think that the need to fill the hole with like the thrill of, um, breaking the law or, you know, doing every drug you can do. Like, God, I hope my mom doesn't listen to this. Um,
0: <laughs> it's okay, we'll change your name to Jennifer Smith oh and she'll gosh. never look.
1: She'll be like, I don't think that's our name. Um, yeah, I didn't need to fill that hole with anything else. Like, I had um, I had a, a, a something filling it for me. Like, it was love. Like, I didn't need thrill. I had love. Um, did you feel stable for the first time? I did. I did. I felt really stable for the first time. Um, but then here's the thing. That relationship came to an end at a certain point. And then that's when you're faced with the question of, like, when the thing that made me feel better is gone, now you have to take your mental health into your own hands, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I can't be protected because of somebody else. Mm-hmm. Like, how how do I do this on my own? And that's when I was like, I can channel this into to fitness, to health. Like, I found that outlet, which, you know, was just a big thing for me. And that was in high school? I mean, in college. That was in college, yeah. And that's when I found that, and I was like, wait, this actually keeps me within my boundaries. Like, it keeps me in check. Um, Yeah, but, you know, it's, uh, you were talking about, like, the the thing on the show, like, you had these episodes manifest when we were doing the show. I'm curious, well, I'll ask you this first. Okay. Do you feel like growing up with mental health issues that it makes you an overall more empathetic person, like a more compassionate person. If people
0: Mm -hmm. are having these like emotional- Oh my God, you're going to make me start crying because I cry at everything. Um, I do. You do. I do. I do. And it's not to say that people who do not have um, mental illness or something are- you know, less empathetic than I am. Right, right. I just know that I was someone who was very, very, very in touch with my emotions. Yeah. And being bipolar, it was extreme emotions. Sure. So when I felt happy, you could never take me down. Yeah. Even as a kid. Um, when I felt anger, the one of the most embarrassing things for my mom and not embarrassing. The most helpless thing that she had to deal with one time was I was on an airplane mm-hmm. and out of nowhere there was some frustration. I was two. Yeah. She has no idea why. I just started banging my head against the airplane. Huh. And everyone would look at my mom like, what is wrong with your child? Blah, 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 blah. Make her stop. And my mom didn't know what to do. Right. Um. And she, you know, just held me and held me and held me. But there was that frustration. So I think that when I was a kid, when I felt sad, yeah, I, I was so sad. But I had the, the only joy that I felt was when I was perfect, yeah. And I was empathetic to animals. Mm-hmm. Animals were my like go-to release, as they are now. Yeah, <laughs> you know, um, they are my you know emotional support. Mm-hmm. But I think I was such in touch with my um, my heart and my being. Yeah. That I felt everything so intensely mm-hmm. that I, I was aware of other people's emotions sure, more than You can than recognize would them. Think. You
1: can say I I've, I see you, like I see. Yeah, that. yeah. And
0: I don't know what it is because my mom's the same way, and she doesn't suffer from mental illness mm-hmm. like like me. It comes from my dad's side, so yeah. thanks, Dad. Um, <laughs> but. Um, yeah, There's something about it where both of us, especially me, people will meet me within the first two minutes, even if I'm not overly energetic and want to talk to them. It could Mm -hmm. be in a grocery store. It could be at a restaurant, wherever. People spill all of their information. You are. You are one of those people. Yeah. People just vomit everything on yeah. me. And I can't walk away and I want to help. And so I'm always ending up calling a friend or a family member <laughs> hysterically crying <laughs> being like, oh my gosh, you know. Um, and I don't know why that is. Uh-huh. And I think that that has made me even more of an empathetic person no, because I, so. I, I attract that. I don't sure. know if people know if I, it comes across as who I am, but yeah. there's something about that where people feel it's a safe space. Yeah. And that's kind of why this show happened. Absolutely. Because I don't want people to feel uncomfortable. Like, I preface to you, like, if you want to scrap the whole episode, if there's parts you want to edit out, I don't really care because I want you to feel comfortable. Yeah, But this is a safe space. And the totally. people who are listening, I know it's a safe space because if it's not, like, they're not yeah. going to listen.
1: <laughs> I asked you that because... I you would think that like if you had depression as a childhood that like and you've had panic attacks and stuff that like as an adult, if I see somebody going through that, um, I would be like, oh, my gosh, I know what that feels like for your face to get hot and for you to start shaking and how helpless you feel and want to help. It is such the opposite for me at this point. Really? I think because I grew up recognizing that I could not trust my emotions, that when I am met with a bunch of emotions, I get very uncomfortable and I don't trust it. And because for me, I was like, if I was having these feelings, I would just rationalize. Like I'm such a cerebral person when it comes to emotions, if that makes any sense, Mm -hmm. where I recognize them, I see them and I say, this is illogical. So one of the things on the show, which the movie, excuse me, which was difficult for me, like we had, we had a lot of emotional days. Like you said, those were my hardest days when like, I love these people. I want to make your pain better. I want to calm you down. But being around that much emotion scares me. It terrifies Mm -hmm. me. Like
0: that's your fear.
1: That is my fear is too much emotion because I'm like, I feel like if I'm in in an emotional setting, it's not like, it's not okay for me. It's like a fight or flight thing. I have to are get away from it. Are you afraid
0: that you are going to show your emotions and you don't want to show your emotions? I don't have a problem necessarily
1: with showing my emotions. Like, in regards
0: to strangers, because I Maybe maybe that's it. It's like people that, you know, we were all still so new with each other. And there was the, you know, the ADs and the gaffers and the editors and sound mixers. I mean, everyone Mm -hmm. is also there when all of this was going on. Yeah. I just felt like there were times where, like, my
1: role that day, like, to keep the train on its tracks, you know what I mean? Like, my role that day was to almost
0: be like, mom. Mm Mm-hmm. Be like the group mom. You are such the mom, and it's so funny and because you were, like, one of the youngest. Yes. Yes. I was one of the oldest, and I was was a basket case. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, but to be like, Al, it's cool. I see you. <gasps> yeah. I feel you. It's fine, but this is why this, this, and this, and maybe right. you're feeling this way. Nia, Super hey, Super cool, logical. Like, just rationalize the fuck out of everything. Right, like, when right. in doubt, rationalize it. Like, right. break down everybody's emotions into lodging and be like, you see A and you see B, and right. so here's C, and like, let's keep going. Right, um, But those were my hard
0: days. When you, when those hard days would happen, yeah. when you would come home, when we would go back to the hotel... Oh, I was like a shell of a woman. Was really? Like drained. And were you, would the emotions come out in you? where you would be so upset, or would you just zonk out and be like, I'm, I'm exhausted? I'm like a zonk out right. type. I would like... Time for a glass of wine, and I'm
1: just gonna go to bed. Right.
0: Um, Yeah, yeah, it takes it
1: out of me. Just emotion in general
0: takes it out of me. Now, I gotta ask when you met your husband, Steve Talley, Uh the gorgeous Steve Talley, Mm -hmm. you guys are just the hottest little couple I've ever seen. And every time Sturgis and I see the two of you (laughs) together, he's like, that is not us. And I'm like, no, it is not. Oh my God, that's (laughs) absurd. But that's, that's it ludicrous. is not we're we're a funny couple. That's what we're good at is being funny. Um, but now you guys met on a show. Yeah. Which is so funny. Isaac over here knows the show. Yeah. Like producer Isaac. Say hello, Isaac. Hello, Isaac. <laughs> <laughs> love that. I love it. I love it. But you guys met on a show. Yeah. In Atlanta. Yes. No less. Uh, no less. Fell in love. Right. Just Deep in love, madly in love. Yes. You got married. Yes. Obviously, that would make sense, Mm -hmm. put two and two together. Was that a thrill? Or was that a logical choice? You know, I... really came at you strong with this. You really, you (laughs) came in
1: hot. Um, No, you know what it was. Um, I have often told Steve, like, I met you and I didn't think. I Hmm. just, like, I just, I met him and... I like didn't think, I honestly, I didn't think I was gonna get married. Did ever, think, ever? Didn't think I was ever gonna have kids. Um, cut to, I have a stepdaughter. Right. Um, like, I felt, not only fell in love with a man and didn't think I was gonna get married, then became a stepmother all in one fell swoop. Wow. Um, yeah, I, I feel like I told him, like, I met you and I kind of just like, just like knew. I'm just like, I was, you were my person. And like, I was. This is it. I, this is it. Like, I'm just, I'm gonna be with you. Um, so, yeah, it was a thrill to stop thinking. I guess hmm. um he kind of put you at ease. He did. He but you know what I don't think I had to meet him in that specific place, right? You know what I mean? Like cuz I was when I was a kid, I wasn't thinking, right? Um and then I evolved and maybe I went so far in the other direction that I started questioning everything. Um and then I found him in a place where I was like just, like, at a nice neutral. And I, I fell in love with him, and um, I didn't really second-guess it. And I was like, this is an emotion which I'm not going to, you know, fly away from. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, and, you know,
0: cut to eight years later. Like, gosh. that's that's, it. that's so incredible. I mean, but, that's a lifetime for in this business.
1: Yeah, and also, like to be 22 and and meet him and just fall in love in a brand new way and then you know he his daughter Jules was 9 at that point and wow. she comes into my life and I've never been raised around kids um and I don't know if I'm doing anything right mm-hmm. uh yeah, I mean just who fucking knows because are you and you have a brother I have a brother yes but is have, he older or younger He's 2 years older um but we don't have like a lot of extended family um I don't really know anybody on my mom's side um and my dad just had um, a brother and we just don't have a big family I was never raised around kids and whereas Steve's family is so much emotion it is like it's overwhelming it's an overwhelming amount of people and babies and love and chatter and like it's it's a lot and they love themselves some genlin <laughs> Uh yeah yeah um although like they they made jokes for years like if this is all overwhelming for you you're allowed to go right. take me time wow. and I would very frequently go take wow. me time it was it was too much
0: what did your parents think when you got married so young I
1: think they were obviously surprised because I just didn't do it in um, a very traditional way like I didn't meet a man and then have kids like my I was like hey mom and dad I love this guy I'm getting married and here's your granddaughter she's 9 so right. let's just like jump forward a mm-hmm. lot you know so I think for them it was a little jarring but um they also were very open to it and um you know open to what that role would look like mm-hmm. for them I don't think that it's one of you know I don't think that it's I don't think you can ask anybody like here is basically like a granddaughter and now have the same relationship that you probably would with like what if steve and i have babies like what that will be you know what i mean but they've been really good in adjusting to what that role means for them and Mm -hmm. i have been with jules as well like she has a mom i'm not her mom but we've found a way that this like this is our role for each other this is like what we can be to each other we can be kind of sisterly um it's like what's a logical place for you to be it's in like my a, life?
0: It's, a di- it's an interesting dynamic. It's a dynamic, right? Like, that it's you a lot of-, of stress. I don't know how you did it because uh, it's, for her being at that age as well, at being nine, yeah. and you being so young at 22. Yeah. I mean, that is just, wow. Yeah, and- Talk about a selfless act coming from you.
1: Well, I don't think it was like a selfless act. I mean, I was it just- It is what it was. It was just, I was so in love with Steve and he had a daughter and so I welcomed her into my life Mm -hmm. as well. But if you want to talk about someone who's afraid of emotion, having a teenage daughter, um, that was a trip. That is a trip. I'm sorry. But like when she first like started having crazy like feelings, like, you know, she got her period and she was just a basket case as we all are when we are 11. Yeah. I just did not know how to deal with it. Right. I just, I just ran away. Did I,
0: you see yourself and her and some of the things? Did you recognize, oh, my God, I did that, and I felt this way, and I hid this, and, you know? Um, I
1: recognized some of the impulsive behavior, but her impulse came out of um, a lot of emotion, which uh, mine just didn't really. Um, so I didn't know how to... I'm such a fixer. I just want to fix mm. everything, but I don't know how to fix this because I don't really know so how to... So foreign. Yeah, it's it's I foreign thing. don't know how to fix somebody else's emotions. Right. And if like when people are super emotional around me, I'm just like, I want to fix you. I want to make you better. I don't know how. Do you still have a therapist and you still have that time? I don't. You know what? I would love to have one, but it's very difficult to find a therapist in LA. I know. It's people so would hard. Be shocked. We need it the most, especially <laughs> with SAG
0: people. My right.
1: God. We do not have a... An insurance in our like our union, which is supportive to mental health. We don't That's have it.
0: Another thing I want to change.
1: You we know? have like tried. I mean, I've actively tried. Steve has tried. Like
0: we've it, talked about this. It is I so mean, difficult. You've left seven messages to therapists at one time. So
1: like oh nonstop. Go down a list of like twenty people, thirty people. Basically, like who does my insurance cover? Right. All of those people don't even return your calls. No. They're so overwhelmed with the amount of need. Yeah um especially in a place like LA um and then the only ones you can get appointments with aren't covered by insurance and now it's like well I can't I also can't give you $300 a session because guess what Finances aid and stress so yeah. I'm going to walk out of yeah. your office $300 yeah. <laughs> poorer and a lot more fucking stress and a lot more stress
0: I just, like, this is this is really well, not a good thing what's really nice is you do have Steve yeah. and obviously that's very different than having a a third party, someone that doesn't truly know the everyday aspect of you. Mm-hmm. But it is it is a nice safe space to go home to. Yeah. You do have someone.
1: Yes, but I do feel like why therapists are so helpful is I feel like you do need the outside perspective. Because mm-hmm. I feel like you get in your own shit so much. You get in your own head. You get into your own relationship problems or like what you're dealing with at home. You can't really see the forest for the trees. You need somebody. Like you need the outside perspective, which is why I think that Getting professional help is like the best thing that anybody can do. Like mental issues or not, you should have a check in with somebody who can just see things from an outside perspective i like, love
0: that a check-in i love that because
1: i get my perspective 24 7 i get steve's perspective on my perspective 24 right. 7 i right. want somebody else's right. you know right. I, I need that right. neutral person i love therapy i love it so much if someone would call me back are there any therapists listening <laughs> to this podcast
0: <laughs> jenlyn is looking for someone <laughs> I am currently actively looking
1: <laughs> yeah no i love it i love therapy
0: is steve open with with his emotions in regards to the two of you. Do you have a good communication with that? Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't. Because I find for for me, I'm going to use me as an example for sure. a second. I'm not married. I'm not in that. I, I'm in a very serious relationship. I don't want to really tell Sturgis. Kind we we might as well. We, we're, we're, we might as well be married. But I feel that um, he had never dealt with someone who was bipolar, mm-hmm. and. That was very, very, very hard for him. Yeah. And it's still a struggle every single day because once a week I um, will convince myself that I should be um, not with him. And it's not because of him, it's because of all my other issues and I project my problems onto him. Mm-hmm. Um, and he really has done, I mean, this is why I love him so much is he's done so much research, he's read so many books, he's met with so many different people in regards to specifically bipolar disorder and how to deal with that. Yeah, And it has been a learning curve for him. Mm-hmm. And I... I, I know why he sticks around. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be like like you know self-deprecating about that, but I there is a part of me that's like I don't know why he sticks around to be honest, because it is have so have you looked hard. in a mirror lately? Oh thanks, babe. <laughs> thanks, babe. I'll take that. Okay. But you know, it's it's that communication and I think yeah. that that has taken so much mm-hmm. for him to learn and for me to learn as well. Yeah. And we have a nine-year age difference. Right. That always is very stressful. Yeah. Um, Steve and I are eight years. Yeah. Before. And he's gone through a lot of shit himself. Yeah. Um, and he's worked on himself as well mm-hmm. a lot. Um but I, I would just say
1: that probably being with you and seeing how you work on yourself, that is probably inspired him to work on himself. You know what I mean? Like hmm. we rub off on each other and I think you make your mental health a priority and I think you're consistently trying to better yourself
0: and that can only rub off on your partner. But it's so funny because as much as I'm such an advocate for mental health and I'm such an advocate of, of speaking about it and trying to make it stigma free and just have conversations with right. friends and family about it. Right. Right. When I ask him about it and I let's say I'm not even that nice. I don't really ask him. <laughs> I tell him about the certain things that I'm talking about. And if he has a second opinion, um, and usually it's much better, and it's a positive opinion, I take it so personally. Really? And that is just I just self-destruct on all of it. And I'm like, You don't know this and you don't know what it's like to be bipolar and you don't know what it's like. Because it is so sensitive and personal to me yeah. that I cannot hear someone else's viewpoint. Mm. It's like I shut it down all around me. yeah. And and I think that friends are afraid to confront me about it because they're like, she's oh, really testy. I don't know if I want to get into that. But it is a really hard struggle to be in a relationship to learn when there's the boundary to yeah. circle it back. Right. You know, it's
1: kind of the opposite in Steve and I's relationship. Um, you know, I don't want to like talk about his mental health or no, anything, no, no, but no. like, you know, he's just a more emotional person mm-hmm. than I think I am. I'm m- more logical and he's the emotional one. We kind of have like this role reversal thing in our right. household. Um, so for me, my we challenge each other and that like if he is feeling really enraged by something, for example, I immediately want to go, "Well, let's talk through this." Like is this really a valid emotion? Like, do right. you think that this warrants this level of rage? And he's like, I just want to be fucking angry. Just let me be angry. God, you're like Sturgis in and this I'm situation. Like, <laughs> but then at the same time, like what he's like, um, sidebar, you're being a stone cold bitch. Like where right. is your heart? I can be like, okay, you're right. I need to show more empathy in this situation. It's a
0: balance. It's,
1: it's a such balance. a balance. And that's why I think we work so well together. We are like a yin to each other's yang in so many different mm-hmm. ways. Um, and it sounds like you and you and Serge have that same thing. Yeah.
0: Well, I seem to think so. <laughs> I don't know. If he <laughs> Seems should we to check that in that with way? him? We should check in with him. He's <laughs> the other side of this uh, this equation. But um, I, I know it, it just popped in my head what I wanted to ask you. What is the thrill that you get now? So I said
1: before, like you know, I'm a pretty type A. Like um, for me. The thrill is, like, all in the little things, I guess, now in my life. And that's not a bad thing. You know no. what I mean? Like, I make my lists every day. If I check off my lists, if I don't, I have, like, a little bit of, you know, like, a panic if I don't check off all the things I need to do that day. Um, but, like, finding just, like, more grounded joy. Like, the joy in a moment with Steve or um, feeling blessed for, you know, how far I've come in my career or, like, have moments where, like, we, you know, we, we bought our house a year and a half ago. And I still look around and I'm like, I can't believe that we were able to do this. We were able Aww. to accomplish this. Like, I feel very, very lucky and yeah. very blessed and fortunate. And like, that is thrill. Like, I don't need to necessarily. It's just go so and funny how, how, it's just,
0: how different that you found the thrill in a different way. Yeah, I did. In what, if you were to
1: ask me when I was a teen, I'd be like, oh my God, this sounds so boring. Mm-hmm. She has a house and a kid and a picket
0: fence and a dog. Do you think thrilling thrill to me. When now. I don't mean this, this way. The thrill went away with when you got married because your priorities changed. My priorities changed. Or did they and change I, before that even?
1: Well, I think that, you know, it's like uh, maybe they were dialing in and he helped lock them. Hmm. Um,
0: oh, I love that.
1: Yeah, like dial and lock, dial and lock. Hmm. Um, I was in a place where I was already dialing and he helped me lock it in and find happiness and. Um, the thrill didn't go away. It just, I wasn't trying to fill an empty space in me. Right. I had him and I have our family and I have our life. And I mean, that's not to say like, if you have issues, like go find yourself a man, like that'll fix no, it all. of course But not. it's of like, of course not. you know, I think your priorities shift when you find yourself in a healthy headspace and mm-hmm. you find yourself like in a daily life, which is fulfilling to you. And I think like that's where your thrill comes from. And like, then you can have a good day every day.
0: Right. It has to come in for yourself. Yeah. You can't depend on someone else. Exactly. You have because to find Because even this what is, that is your husband yourself. and you you can depend on him mm-hmm. in ninety-nine percent of it yeah. to find your own happiness, you have to find it within yourself. Absolutely. What would you recommend to people to do to get the clarity if if say you had a panic attack and yeah. you were on set or you were just driving the car, is there anything that you recommend that you do? Besides working out. Right. Because um, I think that, that I am a newfound working <laughs> This is a newfound thing for me. Yeah. <laughs> well,
1: my mom used to... My mom is the one who got me into the list things because she always said to me when I was a kid, if I couldn't organize my thoughts, um, that's when I, I, I could lose it. Um, so, I mean, I remember there was like this one audition that I just like just thought I bombed and it was like one of those where it was like I walked out and I was like I should just quit acting but then if I quit acting like what else am I qualified to do I'm literally not qualified to do anything else like feel that like it's just like if this doesn't work there is no going back to the drawing board there's no fucking drawing board and like I I just had one of those days and um she was like sit down make a list organize your thoughts go through each thought and then be able to check that one off like Mm. I can put this down be like this was the worst audition ever. Was it really? Like, you know, work through each of those. She was like, always make your list. Like, uh, I get overwhelmed with to-dos, and they're bullshit to-dos. It's not even an important thing. She's like, make yourself a list. That's so cool. Oh, my God, I love your mom. She's she's a logic woman. She is. She's so, well, she obviously had a good effect on you. She did. She really did. Um, You know, my parents were, like, always really fantastic when I was um a bitch right, right. <laughs> I was like such it a was tyrant unconditional love. yeah and they were unconditional in a way that I don't even know if I would have the patience for right um but I always you know had them like I'm having a bit of an episode I don't know how to control what I'm feeling I'm spiraling I'm mentally spiraling out and shoot go make your list I
0: just love that list thing because I I In my mind, my mind works at such a fast pace that before Mm -hmm. I can even say something, I'm already on to the next thing. So that's what's very hard for me. And that is why, you see, I currently, for those of you who can't see, obviously, I have a pad and paper next to me because I write down thoughts that come to me. Because otherwise, I skip right through it and you will never hear this brilliant idea Mm -hmm. coming from me. Um, But see, here comes comes the point of you do need a list. Yeah. Just for simple things. It's simple. Even if you feel like
1: you are just having a quick freak out in your car. Right. Like, jot something down. Pull out it, jot out your phone down. and just get into notepads right. and start writing right. your thoughts. Like, you can stream of consciousness, you can dictate it. Like, if they're coming so fast, I swear looking at something on paper, like having a tangible recognition of what you are feeling inside will make you process it better.
0: Are those lists still available? Because I'm sure I could sell those in about 10 years for a lot of money. And I can't wait to do it. (laughs) (laughs) I can't wait to sell them on eBay and say these are from Jenlyn Smith. Oh my God. And I'm going to have you sign all of them and I'm going to make so much money. You should do it for this podcast. And then you make like an
1: emotional coffee table book. (gasps) And everybody who comes in like makes their list. list. And then we can all, like, sift through our crazy <gasps> together. Oh, my no God, be I brilliant. love
0: that. Oh, my gosh, that's such a great idea. I'm going to do that. Okay. I'm going to already start with the guests that I've already interviewed. <laughs> so the final thing that I will leave you with yes. is I conclude every episode by asking people what makes them want to get up the next morning and continue on with their day.
1: Mm. I mean, like the quick answer is just like the stakes of life. Like if I don't get up, um, I'm going to let everybody else around me down. Um, But I think for me, I get up because I am excited to see what the opportunity for that day is. Hmm. Um, And I'm (laughs) Steve always makes fun of me because Monday is actually my favorite day of the week. He hates it because he's like the phone's going to ring and audition's going to come in. Monday, do you find me Monday of any pilot season? I'm the happiest I've ever been. Isn't because that so funny? That's me too.
0: I love Mondays.
1: Opportunity. I wake up because I am excited to see how my life could change that day. And I feel like every day my life could change for the better. Um, so I wake up hoping to find that.
0: Oh my God, I'm going to start crying again. <laughs> Isaac, don't make fun of me. This is going to happen a lot. <laughs> oh, you my are God. in for a ride. Right. Why are um, there not Kleenex in this emotional I know, right? podcast? I, I, I mean, I need a Kleenex. This is a problem. We'll get them for next time. Okay, thank, thank you so you. much. Um, well, Jenlyn, yes. for those of you who know you no. as Lyndon Smith. Or, um, Lyndon, or how, Lyndon Smith Tally oh Or so Jennifer Lyndon Smith. Or Jennifer Lyndon Smith Tally, <laughs> How can our um, emotional support club members out there find you? Um, I
1: mean, Instagram, always. Um, we love Instagram. We love Instagram, but also there is an email on my Instagram. That, Ooh. Um, I actually check. I check it daily. I respond oh to gosh. it. Oh gosh. So, um, you know, just like, don't ask for pictures of my feet and I'm totally going to get back to you.
0: Oh my so, gosh. We do not want to look at pictures of my feet right now because I currently just broke my toe and it is not cute. I know. So. I still need that story. Uh, yes. Um, um, so they can find you at Lyndon They can find Smith. me at...
1: At hello, Lyndon. Hello, Lyndon. Um, or you can email me at Lyndon Smith Alley, and um,
0: I will get back to you. And she's available for jobs. She's available <laughs> to make lists. Exactly. She's available for motivational support mm-hmm. and to send you in the right direction. I am. If I don't have the answer, I bet I can refer you somewhere. She can definitely find you someone. I will give you Al's email <laughs> address. Yes. yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. Lyndon, I love you so much. I love and you. And I can't thank you so much for doing this because this is just such a great start to this it. This great. I'm so excited you're doing oh, this. And I love you all so much out there. And I know Lyndon loves you guys too. Um, she's making a big heart. Heart sound right now. Not a sound. She's heart. Fingers. fingers. She has pretty fingers. We're gonna let her do this all day long. That's a weird (laughs) (laughs) sign-off. All right, I love you guys. Thank you.